Let us pray. Our precious Father, we want to thank you again for the privilege we have tonight to study your word. We trust you that by your spirit, you will teach us, give us understanding. We pray, Father, that you'll cause your word to have entrance into every hearer tonight. Thank you, precious Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So our topic tonight is consecration and exercise of dominion. Consecration and exercise of dominion. In John 15, 5, the scripture says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. How many Christians really forget this last line? that Jesus said that we can do nothing apart from him. Nothing includes everything. We can do nothing without him. And now we forget it and then we zoom out in our own wisdom. And obviously we fail and get frustrated, turn around and blame the Lord. Find other people to blame. But Jesus said, that thing you are trying to do, you can't do it without me. You need to trust me because I'm the power that can do it for you. So now living in dominion, we can, we can only then exercise dominion power and live in the spirit of dominion through Christ Jesus. If we can do nothing without him, then we can't exercise dominion without Christ. It is Christ in us that is the hope of glory. It is Jesus in us that gives us the privilege to be able to be used by him to exercise dominion. <clears throat> in Romans 15, 18, Paul recognized that Jesus is the one that works in us. Yet I dare not boast about anything except what Christ has done except what Christ has done to me. What Christ has done to me. So everything you saw Paul doing, Paul told us that I did them by the grace of God. You see, the grace of God was working through me. Christ was working through me. Bringing the Gentiles to God by my message and by the way I walk among them. Christ was the one living and manifesting and bringing the Gentiles to God through Paul. He said, I can't boast. I can't talk of what I, Paul, did. I can only talk about what Jesus did. I pray that Christians should know this. We should understand this. And stop struggling. Stop struggling. You can only talk of what Christ has done to make you holy, to make you this, what Christ has done, to make you a new creature. You can only boast of what Christ has done in you and through you. Without him, there is no hope of glory. So how do I walk in unity with the spirit of Christ so as to experience his life of dominion through me always? How do I walk with Christ so that he walks maximum through me so I don't hinder him? so that I walk in agreement with him, in tandem with him, all the time, so that through me he can exercise dominion. And if we have to say the truth, 
not many people even know that they have dominion uh, privilege. And not many people exercise the spirit of dominion. Not many. Not many. So, uh, how do I live in communion with Christ, in unity with Christ, in fellowship with Christ all the time? So that Jesus will work out his plans and purposes in my life all the time, including exercising dominion in his name. Number one is that we have to live in this spirit. We need to be born again. For people who are not born again yet, you need to be born again. You have to have the spirit of Christ in you so that he can walk through you. If you don't have the spirit of Christ in you, there is nothing he's going to do through you. So living in the spirit is the number one place everybody starts. So what does it mean to live in the spirit? It means to have the new spirit of Christ, to have the new spirit, to have Christ of, the spirit of Christ, to be, become a new creature. This is different from being in the spirit. Living in the spirit is not the same as being in the spirit. Don't confuse it now. You know, we, we don't always read the Bible carefully. We don't always read it very carefully. Every word after word, they read and we know what the word means. We don't read the Bible. The Bible. As being in the let us get it out of the I was in the this I mean he said if I'm not in this at the end of the prayer, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And, and perform an act while this spirit. He takes over and uses you to perform an act. He can so I feel, I feel Baptized the spirit until Jesus rose from the dead, until Jesus was glorified, until the of God came in Ashton. Before he came, nobody was baptized the Holy Spirit. So people got the anointing in a measure. Remember, but Elijah and Elijah, Elijah got the anointing, double of Elijah's anointing. That was a measure. It's nothing to compare with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Nothing. The Bible calls it rivers. So, to be in the spirit, a Christian can be in the spirit, the Holy Spirit can come upon you, and actually, you don't, do, you don't manifest the gifts of the Holy Spirit unless you are in the spirit, unless the spirit of God comes upon you to use you to do stuff like that. That is being in the spirit. There are people who think that they, they can do whatever they like. They play with the things of the Holy Spirit. They start giving prophecies. They start doing whatever they like, whenever they like. It's a dangerous thing to do. You can be doing it and getting away, but one day you, you pay a terrible price for it. If you are doing that kind of thing, stop it. All you are doing is seeking honor, seeking that people will recognize you. That's very dangerous to do, using the name of God for things like that. So being in the spirit is not living in the spirit. So what is now living in the spirit? Now once you hear living in the spirit, you know it's talking about life, living. It's not the same thing as being in the spirit. Living is talking, well, so once you hear living, 
it confers the existence of life. Confers the existence of life. Okay? So now, in Galatians 5, 24, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the loss. Those that are Christ have crucified. Their old nature has been crucified. That's what he's saying here. Verse 25, if we live in the spirit now, just not being in the spirit, it's about life of the spirit that God has given us. If we live in the spirit, if we are received the new life that Jesus said, I came that they shall have life and have it more abundantly. That life is not a physical life. It's a spirit life. If you receive, if he said, they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with their affections and lost, which means the old life has gone. Now they have received life. So if we live in the spirit now, let us walk in the spirit. What does it mean to, to live in the spirit, like I said? It talks about life that Christ has given you. It is not a physical life. It's a spiritual life. So life has come into you and made you alive in Christ. In Romans 8, 9, you will see it more clearly here. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. So when you receive the spirit of Christ, you are now living in the spirit. You have received life living in the spirit. You have this world, but you don't belong here. So he said, but, if, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be, that the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He's, does, he's not living in the spirit. He has not received the spirit of Christ. He does not have the spirit life that Jesus confers. John 1.12 explains being born again. It's a spiritual experience and a spiritual reality. But as many as received him, received Christ, believed in him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even them that believe on his name, taught him, which were born not of blood. They were born not of blood. In the labor, labor room, that's where you are born of blood. Which were born not of blood. They are born not of blood, not flesh. Nor of the will of the flesh. It's not a decision husband and wife make. It is not human activity. Nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of the abundance of God. Because God gives his life, puts his life in them. Through Christ, Jesus said, I came to have this life. When you receive this life, you are now living in the spirit. Remember, Romans 8. The spirit of God now dwells in you. Just races. That which is born of the flesh and which is born of the spirit is spirit. And we are born of the spirit 
we are spirit. So we live in the spirit when we correct. Now we to walk in the spirit. Remember, we're trying to teach on how you can maintain they talk to you, do every other thing to you. How you can live in the fullness that you So when you start being born again, In the spirit, it's not the same thing living in the spirit. The good splendor, walking in the spirit, it's not the same as these other two ones. Now, what does it mean walk in the spirit? Let's go back to Galatians 24. And that our Christ have crucified the We have lost if we live in the spirit. If you are born again, then let that spirit life manifest. Walk as a born-again person. Walk as a spirit being that has the spirit of Christ in him or her. You live in the spirit, you receive Christ, you are born again. Then live that life. That's what it means, walking in the spirit. Live that way. And then in 26, it said, don't live the life of the flesh. In verse 26, let us not be desirous of vain glory. There's no glory in the flesh. I've said it here over and over. There is nothing glorious about the flesh. It, the Bible said those things are the things we are ashamed of. So the Bible said, now that you have this new life, walk in the reality of it now. Walk in your new nature. Walk in the spirit being you are, don't start living this life and be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Say, so don't do that. That's not the new life. That's not walking in the spirit. So being born again shouldn't be for us something we parrot. We parrot it. And we're not living it. We parrot it. Are you born again? I'm born again. But the, 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 the consciousness of walking in that reality is lost on so many people. They don't even remember they are born again. It's something we talk when we come to church. Outside the church, it, we don't even remember it. In our day-to-day -day life, we just parrot it. But, and that's why the reality of salvation and the benefits of salvation, many don't believe it because they don't experience it. How can you experience something that is not in your heart, it's not in your mind? You don't even recognize it. How can you experience it? Then the next thing is that they resort to all manner of rituals to get what Christ has already given. Romans 7, 4. So, my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of the law now when you died with Christ. And now you are united with the one who was raised from the dead. You are united with Christ. You've received a new life. How come you forgot it when you left church? When was the last time you lifted up your hand to thank God for this precious new life you have? He says, now you, you raised from the dead as a He said, now, and now you are united with the one who was raised from the dead as a result 
as a result of this new life, you can walk in this reality. As a result, we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. A harvest, not sprinkles. Harvest. Because of the new life we have. As a result of it. It's not as a result of your effort and all that. It's as a result of Christ in you that gave you his life. The Holy Spirit says you and I can produce a harvest in every area of our life, good works for God. He said, but now, in verse 6, but now we have been released from the law, for we die to it and are no longer captive to its power. Now we can serve God, not in the old way of obeying the letters of the law. That's what I said. Christianity is not designed to improve, to make, improve you. It's designed to give you an entirely new life, the life of God. I said it yesterday in our meeting. All the, all this, all the writers, they call them great thinkers. All their books and all the people that started all these religions all over in the world, all their effort is how to make people better. All their effort is how you can self, self-confidence, how you can improve this one, how you can control your this and control that. In this thing, the Bible says, Pope of Glory says, Jesus is the only one. his life. He himself wants to live in us and manifest himself. There is no, no philosopher lived, no thinker, no religion fast That's what made it completely different. But all these laws, it's a tragedy that the children see psychology and faith. Could there is nothing he can solve. Nothing. That's the one God gave up. Not the research of philosophers. That you better. Then they teach you and what you should do. The Bible is teaching you to trust the power that through him you can all things. First, the same. It's the same. It's from the law. For we die to it and are no longer captive to the power. Now we can serve God, not in the old way of obeying the letters of the law, but in the new way of living in the spirit, living a spiritual life that Christ gave us. I want you to listen to me, brethren. Listen to me. Give me your ears for a second. God does not live by laws. God Almighty does not live by laws. He doesn't wake up every day and I, I will not break. God, that's an insult. He doesn't live like by law. God lives by his nature. That's why he said, I don't change. He lives by his nature. God lives by his nature. He said, I've sworn in my holiness. I live by my holiness. I live by my love. I live by my God is light. God is love. God is pure. God, God lives by his nature. 
And when you receive the Spirit of Christ, listen to this. When you receive the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, Spirit of Christ that does not live by law, He elevated you out of the realm of laws to the realm of the kingdom where they live by nature. He elevated you out of the realm of laws over into the kingdom of God. And in that kingdom, they live by nature, by their nature. They live by their nature. In the kingdom of God in heaven, there are no laws and commandments. They live by their nature. It's, an, it's a promotion. Paul said, we are no longer under the law. You have, been, you have been elevated with Christ to where he's seated in the kingdom. You are to be, you are to imitate God. That's why he said, live by that spirit. Live by the, your spiritual nature. Live by, the, live by that spiritual nature. You have a new nature. And Paul said, yes, the spirit, the love of God controls us. That nature controls us. We live by that nature. We can't but live like that because he's made us a new creature that behaves like that. He said, anybody that received this new life is no more selfish. We don't live selfish life. No, no, no. We live like he did. He gave himself for us so we can easily give our lives to others. He said, because it's the same spirit of Christ that died, that is in us, doing the same thing to everybody. We live by nature. Christians hear it. Look at what the scripture says here in Galatians 5.18. But if you are led of the spirit, you are not under the law. You are under the law. You've been elevated to something more glorious, the nature of God. More powerful, the nature of God. The hope of being elevated to that level is Christ in you. And that's like I said some Sundays ago, God said, ye are gods. It's an incredible promotion. But want to fall back, <laughs> fall back to where everybody else lives. The Bible said the law is made for people who, who don't respect their parents. Who don't. Go and read it. And I say it's made for people like that. But you, you've, been, you've been given this new nature of people, the, the life of Christ. You are the light of this world. You are the light God has put into this world to shine. Jesus said, you don't light this thing and put it under. Go shine. Let the people see it. And it's a life of faith, though. Because the only way you can live a life of spirit is by faith, because you don't see spiritual things, but they are more real than physical things, are more powerful than physical things. Spiritual things are more powerful, are more real than physical things. The day you discover it, you stop looking for glory in the world. You will leave the world alone. Peter said, we saw the excellent glory. He said, so what are you doing with it? Glory of this world. There's no glory. The Bible says it's like flower. It comes, boom, it goes. But the one, the one that is a tanner, 
permanent. This is the glory that God confers on us in Christ. The new life, the glory of God, the nature of God, the life we have is the life that is in Christ now, not was, is. So when we live in the spirit, we have that fellowship with Christ. But it's by faith. Look at First uh, Corinthians 3. Watch out for, I mean, Philippians 3, 2. Watch out for those dogs, these people who do evil. See, he said, watch out for these people who do evil. Those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. For we who worship by the Spirit. Again, read the Bible carefully. The Spirit of God is the best communicator I have ever seen. I was studying, I was looking at Isaiah 40, and I began to see how God arranged the whole thing in that Isaiah 40 verse 10. Telling you, hey, don't be, don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. He said, I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you. Then he's told you what will happen to all your enemies. He said, they should be ashamed. They are going to be disgraced. They are going to be as nothing. He said, those that strive with you, they are perishing. You look for them, you won't find them. Then he told you why it will happen. He said, because I, the Lord our God, is saying to you, don't fear, because I will help you. That's why it will happen. Very pro- man, I saw the time like, whoa. Very orderly arranged. I've been reading that, but my, I saw it only yesterday when I said, Lord, this is the way you arrange this thing. You really, man, amazing. This, second paragraph, this. Why should it happen? This. So he says, Philippians 3, 3, for we who worship by the Spirit of God, are the sons, are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort because the life we're talking about is not a human life. It's not a human life. Philosophers know nothing about it. They are blind to the reality of it. Absolutely, the governments of this world, the very educated people, they, know, they are totally illiterate about this thing. But it's been revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. So we can rely on the new life Christ gave us. He said, we rely on what Christ has done. We rely, Paul said, I can't boast in anything except what Christ has done to me. He said, yeah, we rely on what Christ has done. We boast in what Christ has done, not in what we do. Philosophers, teaches, they teach you what you should do. And the flesh will profit you nothing. You look at the world, philosophers are teaching, experts are teaching. Look at the universities, look at the society. There's more divorce than before. There's more crime than before. There's more iniquity than before. It's, it's not getting us better. 
Still, we don't learn. It was so painful. Everything is fluke. More diseases. They're expanding hospitals. Expanding hospitals. For who? If there's no need, why are they doing that? But Israel has added more wings. Who are they waiting for? Sick people are coming. This one came. This one, a new name. COVID came. They found the COVID, this one, COVID, this one. They found another one. The thing keeps changing. They found another one, and they found another one. All of a sudden, it, it comes. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Everybody's running with a tasket. All right, it looks like it's not coming again. Everyone relaxes. Ah, oh, it's coming, no, it's coming. They come back. They have no answer. Because the, this is demonic activity. They don't know about it. They laugh at it. But it's destroying the world. And the only hope of glory is Christ. Jesus said, they will hate you because of me. They will call your names. I want you to look at America today. Go to any university and announce you are a Christian. I see what happens to you. Even in your place of work. and see what happens to you. You don't have to go far. Jesus said, so. he said they will hate you, all of them. They will hate you because you believe in me. So we rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. The new life he gave us, the, his spirit in us, is what we trust. Because without him we can do nothing. We trust See, we are the ones now walking in the spirit. So it's a, it's a fit thing. Now, the other option is living in the flesh. A non-spirit life of the flesh that is not Christ. This is you. This is your flesh. This is what all these philosophers will teach you to rely on. First Corinthians 3, verse 1. It says, can you give me amplified? First Corinthians 3, verse 1, 1 and 2 amplified. If you have it. If you don't have it, I read the one I have here. Okay, amplify, right? However, brethren, I could not talk to you as to spiritual men. These are Christians. But they, they, say, they say you are not spiritual men. You don't live the spirit life. You don't. But as to non-spiritual men of the flesh, these are Christians. in whom the carnal nature predominates as to mere infants in the new life in Christ, unable to talk yet. How can they? Tell me how this person can do, exercise dominion. Explain. I want to know. How this person can exercise dominion? How can he resist the desires of the flesh? I want to know. How will he not go out drinking and partying? And explain, it's okay, and it doesn't matter. He says he's not even able to talk it because he doesn't understand values. 
These are Christians. It's not talking of people who are not. These are Christians. Say they are infants in the new life in Christ. They are, they are comfortable with the life of the flesh. Completely, and are not even able to understand what that means. It's their comfort zone. These are Christians. Um, let me tell you what this kind of life produces, if we're if we ready for the truth this evening. If we're really ready for the truth. Galatians 5.19, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature now, the results are very clear, sexual immorality. You know, we can come to church and, and dress up, but the scripture is true. Impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, hostility. Go and ask ushers what they see. How people become hostile against them in the house of God. Because they're babies. They're not living the spirit life. Hostility. Where, where do you stay that is advantageous to you? Anywhere you are, the Spirit of God will do what he wants to do for you. It doesn't matter. Physical things. Hostility. Quarreling. Jealousy. Outbursts of anger. Selfish ambition. Dissension. Division. Envy. Drunkenness, wild parties. Are we going to deny? Many Christians go to clubs. They go to parties. You know, one man gave shared something how he got he got saved. He got saved. Didn't understand, you know, what it meant. So somebody took him to club. He said he went to the club. But he told the person, I said, I don't have the desire to go to club. The man said, come and go to club now. Because he was just born again. He hadn't even entered. He got born again in a supernatural way. He said, I got into the club and I looked up. He said, I saw demons everywhere. So they were flying all over. He said, would I play the musicians? Were a lot of demons. He said, I ran out. He said, I ran out. I ran. He said, God, God opened my eyes. He said, oh, my God. He said, they were everywhere. He said, that place, those musicians, I said, I saw demons. There were a lot of them. Wild parties and other scenes like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Are you going to erase it from the Bible? Erase it. Do it. So the Bible teaches us that living the spirit life is a choice. It's a choice. In Galatians 5.16, so I say, watch the word. Let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Late. So you have to let him do it. Or you can say you are not doing it. It's a choice. 
let, again, let, let me even say something. There is no Christian who received Christ who is under bondage. All the bondages have been turned out to shreds. Freedom, total freedom. But you can go back to bondage on your own. You can walk back to bondage on your own by the choices you continue to make, continue to make, continue to make. We're going to read it in a few minutes, but let me finish this scripture. Galatians 5 says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. If you let him, he will. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. It's choice. Somebody say, hey, pastor, I fell into sin. You don't fall into sin. You walk into it with your eyes open. Because you're no more blind. You chose to close your eyes and pretend you don't know you're walking into sin. Seventeen. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions, but you can decide against it. He's not, he's not saying you're in bondage. No, he's saying these two things keep happening. But you have to choose on which side you follow. 18. But when you, when you are directed by the Spirit, when you let him direct you, you are not under obligation to the laws of Moses because you've been lifted out of the realm of laws to the realm of nature. In your nature, you don't have to make it happen. It's Christ in you manifesting. So we need to exercise dominion over our flesh because God gave it to you. If, if I want to be led of the Spirit, then I have to reject the other one. I have to reject this one. This one wants me to do this. I say, no, I'm not doing it. I have to reject one. I can't serve two masters. So here it says, Paul says, 1 Corinthians 9, 27, he said, I always reject my flesh. I discipline it. He wants me to do it. I say, no, 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 you're not doing it. He said, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what I should, training it to do what it should do. I, I, I insist. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself will be disqualified. He said, that's why I do that. If you don't reign in your flesh, it will destroy your Christianity. That's what Paul is saying. He said, destiny has the ability to destroy my Christianity, and I'll be disqualified. People give it, you can give it any interpretation you want. It is simple English. I myself might be disqualified if I don't reign in this thing. And there are other scriptures that say the same. Look at James 1.26. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself. And your religion is worthless. Is it not what Paul is saying? I don't want preaching to others and at the end I find that it was worthless. My life is worthless. 
Is it not what they say? That you have mouth doesn't give you the right to use it in here. Because you haven't been reading the book of James. So a Christian can choose to live either in the flesh and become a slave to it or and go back to bondage. It's a matter of choice. Don't come and say, oh, I can't get out of this. Are you kidding me? The Bible says you can do all things through Christ. The reason you are not cutting at it is because you are driving pleasure. Come on, man. If the doctor will come and tell you, if you do this one more time, if you do it one more time, you will die. You will stop instantly. You are not going there again. If your doctor says, my friend, you see this thing? If you do it one more time, you will die. And another consultant says, that's true. If you do this one, you will not near there anymore. You won't go. And that's fear. Galatians 5.1 says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Stay where God has made you free and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Don't go put yourself in bondage, my friend, by choosing what will tie you and put you back in bondage. This is how it works. Romans 6.15. When well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, and does, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. 16, don't you realize, this is how we go back to bondage. Don't you realize that, be, that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? Choose, choose. The word choose is there. Choose is there. So we can't be blaming somebody else. You chose it. Whatever you choose to obey, you can be a slave to sin, which leads to death. That's what Paul is saying. I don't want to preach this sin, and I become disqualified. It leads to death. Or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Practice will make it perfect for you. If you are doing something and hiding it and nobody knows, and you are doing it because nobody knows, be, be informed this evening that you are putting yourself into bondage. That's what the scripture says. Nobody knows, and you're fine. And before they take Jack Robinson, you swear, swear on your own type of holiness. The Bible says in verse 16, Romans 6, 16, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin. Christian. Which leads to death. Or you can choose to obey God. Which leads to righteous living. 17. Thank God once you were slaves of sin, huh? But now you have, you wholeheartedly, with all your heart, obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living because you chose.
to live in the spirit. The more you live in the spirit, the more you follow the spirit, the more you are slave to living in the, the more you are practicing, the more perfect, the more you are distancing from this. At a point, this flesh thing will be so far away from you. Colossians 3, 3. We're talking about how to, how to make sure that you are cooperating with the Spirit of Christ so that he's manifesting to you. Manifesting to you. Colossians 3, 3. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you shall share in all his glory. So put to death now the sinful things locking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality. Have nothing to do with impurity, lust, evil desire. Don't be greedy. That, I keep saying it here. All of you that you go and take money from people, you refuse to pay. You, you go and buy something on credit since before COVID. And you're earning salary, but you won't pay them. Look at the scripture. Look at this scripture. It says, don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater. Go and erase it, let me see. Yeah, erase it. When the Spirit of God calls somebody an idolater, what he's saying in effect is you're not, you're not a Christian. Worshipping the things of this world. Because of these things, the anger of God is coming. He said, you used to do these things before, when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language. Don't lie to each other. But we lie. Well, because nothing happens. But what it does is that you are entangling yourself again with life of lying. You are comfortable in lying, and you are, the, the more you are comfortable in lying, the more you are lying, the more you are going back to the bondage of lying, and the devil will help you hide it. You can even boast of how good you are, but he knows you're lying. He'll be making you, more and more you're lying, more and more you are, you are tying yourself with the bondage of lying, And the more and more is introducing other things in your life. That's how we go into bondage. Let me read Colossians 3 verse 10. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Become like him, as you like to know him, as you learn to know him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. That's all that matters, that Christ lives in you, and he says you are to be like him. And we have all it takes to be like it, because Christ lives in us. 
When the Bible says that God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, what it's referring to is Christ in you. Because through him you can do all things. All, you, all a Christian needs to live a Christian life is Christ in him. Because it's that Christ that is the power that works in us. And living in the flesh will not help you in your fellowship with Christ. And you will not be able to really exercise dominion. You see, that's why a lot of people think that dominion is by shouting and yelling. Because they don't understand spiritual things. So they think the more you shout and yell, there's no power in your voice. There's power in the name of Jesus. Not in your voice. It's Christ that's dominating through you. Yeah, when you speak to demons, you should speak with authority, but there's no power in your voice. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the blood. There is power in the word, but not your voice. John just told me, he said, Pastor, just right there, before we started, he said, Pastor, when Jesus died, he said, my sin was crucified. He said, I look at him on the cross. I see John die. I see my sin. John here, he said, when the blood touched this earth, he said, there was earthquake everywhere. He said, that's the power in this blood. He said, Pastor, there was the whole, the whole earth was shaking because of the anointing in that blood. Right? That's what he told me. Number two, we need to keep in constant communion with the Holy Spirit. You can be doing your natural chores and still be in communion with the Holy Spirit because it's a spiritual thing. You can be walking, you can be in your job, you can be, but you are in communion with the Holy Spirit because it's through your spirit, that born again spirit, that the Holy Spirit communes with you. Romans 8, 16, the Spirit is a bearing witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So he communes with you, fellowship with your spirit. So you should keep your focus on Jesus, not on earthly things. You should rein in your thought. Guard your heart. When it's drifting to things of the flesh, drifting to things of this world, you rein it in and say, no, you come back here. Ah, I'm not going to have fellowship with those ones. I'm going to have fellowship with the spirit of God. Come back here. You should read anything. You guard your heart. You, guard, you take your thought captive and let it be on Christ. Isaiah 26, 3. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. So our mind can stay on him. So he said, when it stays on him, the peace of God will be flowing through your heart all the time. People are afraid you are not. Because you are, you are in constant communion with him. He starts talking to you and telling you things about mystery of life. When I was preparing this, I got the point. I mean, I don't know what I praised. Everything, I was, everything shortened and lengthened. And before I knew it, I prayed some more. And I had more, more pages than, I got confused. Because now I'm preparing something. I don't, the page 7 became page 10 or whatever. It confused me. So I couldn't really go back. I started... <laughs> walking on this. And all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to me inside. He said, this is what you pressed. Go back, press this one. You'll come back. And I pressed it. Everybody, boom, everything came back. I said, oh, wow, that's true. That's what I did. He will communicate with you, even in your difficult situations. He will talk to you. Why? Because he's your father. 
He loves you. He cares about you. Everything about you is his concern. That's why he came and died for you. Why shouldn't he have to talk to you? Why are you not hearing him? Because your mind is in the world all over the place. Catherine, you are making your plans and dreaming what you are going to do. I am going to do this one. And I am going to do this one. You say, really? Okay. Let your mind stay on him in communion. He will minister peace to you. The peace of God that passeth all understanding. He said, thou shalt keep him, will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusted in thee. That's why I say this, a, a fair thing. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. You reign in your thought. Don't be dwelling. We dwell too much on politics. Your mind is roaming all over politics. Okay, why don't you go to Washington and become a politician so we know? You are not a politician. You just have one vote to put in. Yet you don't do another thing. Say talk politics all over the place. You even fight for them. They don't know you. But you are ready to forgo your faith for them. You, if you are zealous for Christ as you are for politicians, you will be winning more souls every day. And it's okay for people because they live in the flesh. They don't understand what they're losing. And we should keep our love on Jesus, not on earthly things. Keep your love on Jesus. Keep your love on Jesus. Jude one twenty one. Fasting your hearts to the love of God. He said, fasten it like you tie something. Fasten it to the love of God and receive the mercy of our Lord Jesus who gives us eternal life. Fasten your heart to the love of God, to the works of the grace, to the mercies of God. Like John was telling me, he said, Pastor, I saw, he said, on that cross, my sin was crucified. He said, Jesus was there, but it's him. He said, it's not him, it's me. And he, he, where was he? He was fastening his mind on the mercy of God and what Christ did. He, 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 the thing was, and he started to tell me, Colossians 1, 3, 1. If then you have, been, you have been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing his resurrection from the dead, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasure that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, and set your minds and keep them set on what is above, the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. For... As far as the world is concerned, you have died. And your new life, real life is hidden in Christ and in God. See, that's where your heart should be. We're talking about how to be in fellowship with the Spirit of God so that through you he can be exercising dominion. The love of the world will ruin your love for God. 1 John 2.15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. See what it does? And yet the world has so many things to entice us with. The list of which is not the internet, the television, the, the social media. So many things they used to entice the Christian away. Take his time. And the Bible says, redeem your time. Somebody is stealing it. Invest it in the things, eternal things. 
That's why many Christians don't read their Bible. Ask yourself, what am I really doing with 24 hours that God gave me? Where, where is God in it? Many Christians do not read their Bible. They don't listen to Bible studies. They don't listen to sermon. They come to church. Their mind is all over. Their mind is not even in the church. It's not there. It's not focused on. And yet, if you, who will save you? Who do you trust in this world to save you? Who? Is this the same person you neglect? Is it the world? Is it your dollar? Is it who will save you? Who? The only thing God requires from you and me, Christians, please listen to me. It's not your religion. It's not even, it's not nothingness. God requires your love. That's all God wants from us. Our love. Because if we love him, we can do what he says. If we love him, we can give, can serve him. If we love him. Love is the purest motivation and the most powerful motivation. Love. Matthew 22, 36. Master, which is the greatest commandment in the Lord. Jesus said to him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. That's what God <laughs> demands of us. Give me your heart. Give me your love. Because whoever you give your love to is the person you are going to be serving. Whoever you give your love to is the one you are serving. If you give your love to money, dollar, you'll be serving him. If you give your love to anything, that's the one you are serving. And you will do anything for the one you love. You will, you will do anything. Paul said, I'm ready to die because of Christ, because I love him. God says, all I want from you is not your religion. Give me your love. Give me your love. Because if you love me, I will be the treasure of your life. I will be number one. I'll be the treasure of your life. You know why people fall out? If, if, you, uh, if you love somebody, the moment that person loses value to you, your love for the person goes through the window. I'm not going to love the person again. You don't love something that doesn't have value for you. The, the next person you are loving is somebody you found value. Either it meets your emotional needs, or the way he laughed, the way he thought it, the way he looks, meets your emotional demand. So value, your value shifts to that person, your love shifts with it. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. Jesus said, give me your love, so I'll be your treasure. Don't even love your mother, your father more than me. If you do that, you can't follow me, because then you have divided loyalty. We, want, we are talking about how to walk in fellowship with the Spirit of Christ so that we can do, he can walk dominion through us. Do not be entangled with the things of this world. It's not worth it. 2 Timothy 2.3, endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ, Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of this life. All you are talking about is what they did to you. They did to today. Business, business, money, money, money. <laughs> Tango. Do you know entanglement is, I don't know if you go to the village where they plant yam. 
there is a time this, the, the yam has all these entanglements growing. So when you go to plug yam, the thing will, if you're not careful, if you don't remove them, the thing, you know what I'm saying, from the village now, you have to remove those things. Otherwise, it will, it will entangle you. And what it does is it entangles you like cobweb entangles you spiritually. The Bible says don't get entangled. Entanglement will affect you spiritually. There is nothing in this world worth it. Let them take it, my friend. Go live this spirit life. If they take it, God will replace it. I'm not kidding. God will replace it. If you do it in his name and in love, he will, he will reward you. Because you honor him there. He will honor you. And do not allow distractions. Do not allow what? Distractions. Stay focused on Christ. Then I want to talk about uh, the importance of praying in the spirit. It's so important that we pray in the spirit always. Jude one twenty. be you my delightfully loved friends, constantly and progressively build yourself up on the foundation of your most holy faith by praying every moment in the spirit. Pray a lot in the spirit. The Bible says by so doing, you are building your spirit up. You are charging it like putting it in the charger. You are charging it because the Holy Spirit is praying through you. Then I want to talk about consecration. Because we say consecration and, and then dominion. Now listen to me. You need to pray prayer of consecration so that you keep your consecration going. People don't pray prayer of consecration. Most prayer we pray is prayer to get a job, get this, get physical things. But all, all the prayer Paul was praying for the church was to consecrate them to Christ. Read all the prayer. To make them live true of the faith. That they walk in the knowledge of Christ. They walk in the will of Jesus. That they walk in unity. All his prayer and dream was to ask God to help the church to walk in the new life. Consecration in the Christian life is very key. And I will advise Every Christian, find a day you go and on your own. You go and kneel down and say, God, you see me? I'm consecrating this, my life to you. I am consecrating me to you. You see, it draws a boundary. It, it draws a boundary. Anywhere you are, you know I'm consecrated to him. I can't consecrate to another thing. It helps you keep a goal. Jesus started by consecrating. That's the first thing he said. Look at John uh, 4.34. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. I'm consecrated to God. I'm not here to serve any other thing. 
Then Hebrews 7, 10, 7. Then said, I lo, I come, oh, <laughs> I've come to this earth, oh, as it's written in the volume of the book, it is written to, of me to do thy will. I, I've come to, I'm consecrating to your will. He says, to do thy will, O God. Above, when he said, sacrifice and offering and burnt offering and offerings for sin, thou wouldest not, neither have pleasure therein, which are offered by the Lord. Then said I, then said he, lo, I come to do thy will, O God. I have come to do your will. I am consecrating myself to doing your will, O oh God. That's what I came to this earth to do. We should do the same. Is it not our, our Lord and, said, and our example? You know, if you don't want to serve Jesus, you can't do this. You'll be playing games with it. If you sincerely want to follow Jesus, you will very easily do what Jesus said, Lord, I consecrate myself to your will. Because the devil wants us to consecrate to him. Too. That's why the trouble is. Luke 4 7. If thou therefore will worship me, all, all shall be thine. He will say to Jesus, Come and worship me. Come and consecrate to me. I will make you rich. I will That's what is offering people. Many people are no more enthusiastic about the things of God because the devil is offering them a lot of money. Give them businesses. Give them this. At the expense of their soul. What does it profit you to own all the businesses in this world and lose your life? He said, Pastor, you know I'm so busy. Hi, man. Money is coming. I opened one business and I'm opening another one there. How about your soul? One day you leave this earth and leave all these things behind. And you don't even know the day you are going. I was just talking to one pastor very recently, and, uh, and I tell him, I say, oh, people are young, you know, so we're just talking very, over one hour. Three, three weeks after, they called me that he passed. Three weeks after, they called me that he passed. He went to his doctor to do his uh, checkup. Right there in the doctor's office, he dropped it. Right in the doctor's office. He didn't know that when I was talking to him, his, his days were cl drawing close. Jesus said, you're not rich with towards God. All this money you're packing. He said, whose will it be? He said, you're a fool. Many people don't read their Bible. They are no more interested in the things of God. Why? Because oh, the devil is offering them entertainment, offering them, oh, I love this program. Who is offering it to you? The devil wants our consecration too. He said to Jesus, worship me. I'll give you the goodies of this world now. I'll give it to you. He can pay you to die. The devil can pay you millions to stop serving Jesus. So he will steal your soul. So it's important that we pray prayer of consecration so that you keep your consecration going. It's important. Don't be praying for food and things. Pray something that will keep your soul steady. And there are a lot of prayers of consecration. I will read one or two and we'll close. Look at Philippians 1.9. 
I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. See what he's asking? For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless life until the day of Christ's return. He said, I want to, God to reveal to you what is really matters so your choices are not messed up so you can live pure and blameless. 11, may you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. You see where this man's interest is. Praying, prayer of consecrating, consecration over the church. Every Sunday, I pray it here. I don't know how many of you are serious, but I keep doing what God to me. He said, pray it over them. Whether they understand or not, just keep praying consecrating you to God, that God will open your eyes, that you know him. Every Sunday I pray. Colossians 1.9. So we have not stopped praying for you. Since we faith heard about you, we ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power, so you will have all the endurance and patience you need, because your patience will be tried. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father, he has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light, who live in the light, who live in the light. You should be praying this prayer for yourself because you can't live in consecration without Christ. Without you, you can do nothing. So you should, you should pray. I say, Lord, without you, I can't keep my consecration. So I'm praying this prayer that Paul prayed. Take some of these prayers and put your name in it and be praying it for yourself. Pray it for six months and see what happens. And stop seeking validation from human beings. If you consecrate to Christ, seek validation only from Jesus. Only from Jesus. Seeking validation from people, it makes us compromise our faith. John 5, 41, I receive not honor from men. That's what Jesus said. I consecrated to my father. I don't need your honor. I receive no honor from men, but I know you, that you have not the love of God in you. I am come in my father's name, and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him will you receive. 44, how can you believe? Could we receive honor one of another? So you can't believe the word of God. You are not seeking the honor that comes from God alone. You are not consecrated to God. You don't even love him. And seek not the honor that cometh from God only. Luke 16, 15. And he said unto them, Ye are they, quit justify yourself before men. But God knoweth your heart. For that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. Why do we seek this things? Seek the praise of men. So if they say, yeah, this. <laughs> After saying, is that what God said? Is that what God said? 
Let us pray. Father, I want to thank you for challenging us this evening to walk in fellowship with your son. We can't walk in fellowship with him and walk in darkness. The Bible says it's not possible. Anybody who says that is deceiving himself. We can't love the world and love you at the same time. We have to consecrate to you. Make a clean break. Decide where we, which side we come down on. It's a choice. Help us to see the wisdom of God that the scripture is showing to us. It leads to life. It leads to good. It leads to fulfillment. I commit these words into your hand, Father, that to send it to your people, send it to anybody you desire, and open our eyes to see them, open our ears to receive them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.